So my name is Chad McGilsey. Um, I am now a, uh, a business coach and consultant for e-commerce brands. Um, my background is is I built and sold a um, seven-figure pet supplies company a few years ago. It's based around my my two dogs, uh, two French bulldogs, Brock and Beast. Um, I built a company around their needs, um, scaled it to seven figures, and, and sold it about two and a half years after taking the first sale. Um, you know, since then I've, I've kind of partially retired. Now I just do some coaching and consulting work um, part time to uh, um, you know help teach others how to kind of do the same thing. I was very intentional with um, wanting to design my my lifestyle. Um, before we went live on the call, we were talking about travel and all of that. That's a that's a big part of um, location freedom and, and time freedom is a big part of what drove me to create my brand. Um, so I kind of show people how to how to do that now and, and help them um, create brands, uh, e-commerce brands for themselves. Hmm. So I, I would say there is a lot to unpack in that answer, and we will try to you know uh, talk about one thing at a time. And uh, I read that you started with three thousand dollars, and you sold your brand for seven figures. So, if you had to give, let's say, a ten thousand uh, feet top view, top view on how you went from three thousand to seven figures, right? How how would you describe it? Quite a quite an increase. Um, yeah. So I, I you know I mentioned the three thousand dollar story that I started with. Um, just to show that you, do, you don't need a lot of money to build a business like this. Um, like I know a guy who, who built um, another very successful business with less than a thousand dollars to start. Um, if you have more to invest, you will potentially have a higher likelihood of success. But I, I just mentioned that to show that like, I don't want people to think, Oh, this is outside of my reach. Um, you, it, it doesn't take a lot of money to get started. Um, we are in a pretty cool time in human history where access to the internet and, and a small amount of money will kind of level the playing field to a certain extent. Um, I, I use an example, and sometimes I get pushback for this. Like some people say, like, it sounds like I'm talking down to somebody. I certainly don't mean to do that. So I, I only say this to be encouraging. But the reality is, if you have enough money to smoke cigarettes and you have access to the internet, you have enough money to make a million dollar brand. A pack of cigarettes a day over the course of a year is all the money that you need to start a brand. And if you take that year and learn what you're doing at the end and save a pack of cigarettes a day, at the end of the year, you've got the money to start your first round of inventory, you know what you're doing, and you can be off to the races. Again, I, I only say that to say like, you can do it, take this as permission to do it, like go build a brand, don't let things hold you back. So that's, that's the only reason I bring that up. Um, if you have you know more money, you, you can invest heavily earlier on, and, and that would be helpful. Personally, I built my brand um, with a $3,000 budget. Um, how I did that um, is first you have to build an audience. Um, an audience can be an email list. It can be a Facebook group. It, it can be a, you know an Instagram page, a, a Discord channel. Like There's any an engaged group of people. Um, is something that you need to build early on. I suppose the first thing you need to do is be very clear on who your customer is, who your person is. You are not trying to sell things to everybody. You want to find a very defined, clear person that will just fall in love with your brand. Um, you are not trying to be 
the workout brand for everybody that works out or the pet brand for everybody that owns a dog, cat, or goldfish, or, you know, the travel brand for anyone who travels in any way. Like you want to be kind of niche and specific and have a, a very hyper-targeted group of people that you can advertise to. And then you build an audience of those specific people. Get your first round of inventory, launch to that audience, um, build up kind of pent up demand, launch to that audience. I, I strongly recommend using Amazon. Um, and the reason for that is <clears throat> if you build up your audience and launch to that audience and direct them to purchase on Amazon, that will kickstart your keyword ranking on Amazon and will bring in other organic customers that um, you didn't even know about just through the search results. Um, so, I mean, you, you can build e-commerce brands on any platform. Like I, I know people that just build it on their Shopify site, you can build it and click funnels. There's all these things. I, I think building your own audience and then directing them to Amazon is, is the most powerful way to do it in, in 2022. Um, but it, it can be done in multiple different ways. The keys are defining your person, building an audience of those people, launching to that audience, taking very good care of them, and then rinse and repeat. And then that audience is ready to buy product number two. It's very important when you're, you're building a brand. You are not launching a dog toy and then a pull-up bar. Like you're launching products in a brand that all makes sense that the same person who bought product number one is going to buy product number two. Um, that makes your audience more valuable, but also when you go to sell your company to investors, that makes your brand, uh, your company a lot more valuable um, to the investing group at the end of the day too. Okay. And that is also a lot to unpack in this answer, right? So I, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'll, I'll try to, you know, break it apart so we can take one thing at a time. Maybe. So. So I would say uh, it's easy to understand that, okay, you need a niche audience. And, and then you, I think, emphasized on building a brand. So you can sell a range of products to the same audience. Am I right? So could you elaborate more on how do you decide, first of all, what products to sell? Is, are there like specific characteristics of the kind of products you need to innovate on or start selling to the audience? For example, a product that a customer might need over and over again. Yeah, I mean, I did all of my products and my pet supplies brand were uh, consumable products that, you know, people would have repeat purchases on. Um, that is certainly a, a plus. It's not entirely necessary. Um, I, I have a friend who sells a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of weightlifting belts every single month. And these aren't people buying more and more. I mean, I'm sure you get some repeat purchases, but it's new people buying single products. Um, there are enough people out there where you don't need to sell consumable products that people reorder. I think it's an, it's an advantage if you do. I, I did, um, but it's not entirely necessary. Um, ideally, what you're looking for is a gap in the marketplace um, where there's a product that exists that has a lot of demand, but um, you can come in with a differentiating factor that's strong and meaningful. Um, like one of my first products was a, a dental product for dogs. Um, but the existing solutions that were already out there had ingredients that I and, and many other people worried about um, dogs ingesting. Um, so I, I came in with a, a, a version of a product that is different, has different ingredients and solves that pain point. 
So you look for something where there is demand, where you can have a strong differentiating factor and hyper-target it to your specific niche audience. So there, there, there can be, you can do that in, in any industry. Um, again, you are not trying to be the brand for everybody. You're trying to be the brand for that specific group of people that will just fall in love with what it is you do. So uh, when you say that, you know, uh, you have to build a niche audience, is, is there a process that you go through to identify the right customer? For example, talking to a real person to really understand what problems they might be facing. Yeah, I, I think the easiest way to do it is to be your own target market. So you already kind of understand the needs. It's like I, I built my brand around my two pets. Like I know what their needs are. I know what my needs as a pet parent are with them. So that, that was easy for me. Um, you don't have to do it that way. I, I, I use this example on a lot of interviews. Um, I know a guy who has a um, skincare brand for women over 60, but he's like a 36-year-old dude. You know, he, he is not his target market, but he understands them and he understands their needs and he speaks to their beliefs. That's, that's the important thing. And you can do that through, you can learn about them through surveys, through personal contacts you have that are that market. There's a lot of uh, different ways. I, I would recommend being your own target market and find things you are passionate about because you'll just you'll have an advantage there. Um, so I, I recommend that, but it's not entirely necessary. When you are advertising or speaking in any way to your audience, you speak to their beliefs and their identity. Um, like identity marketing is a, a huge part of what we do. And, and, and speaking to a customer's beliefs is just as important, if not more important, probably is more important than the actual product itself. Like an example I, I use a lot is like um, Black Rifle Coffee Company. This is going to offend half of your users. The other half of your users will love it. It, it is, it's a coffee company that just sells basic coffee. There's nothing special about their coffee, but they market it specifically and exclusively and offensively to conservative gun-owning men, and that's it. And they intentionally piss off everybody else. And they like they intentionally piss off everybody else. But the the real, you know, red state conservative gun-owning men are just flock to it. And they're a hyper successful company. Their coffee is no different or no better than Starbucks or anything like that. It's just they speak to their audience's beliefs. And there's you know, companies like this that exist on the left side of the spectrum as well. And it doesn't need to be political. Like my, my dog brand was not political at all. But, it, you know, we, we had a like, hey, if, if you don't think your dog is part of the family, if your dog lives in a doghouse in your backyard, don't buy from us. Like, we're not the brand for you. Like, we think pets are part of the family. And we don't want customers that don't agree with that. So, like, there is something to intentionally alienating people that you don't want so that the people that do resonate with your message feel even stronger about supporting your brand. Um, so I think that's a really important thing to, uh, to take home. That's, that's very interesting. It's, it's basically you would, so that you can have a more loyal fan base, you are okay to let go of some of the people who might buy from you. Exactly. Exactly. You don't want to try to be like mildly okay to the masses. You want to be like the brand for a specific, passionate, loyal group of people. And then the, a lot of times they will bring the masses. 
what you advertise and focus on that specific person. Um, and it, it's like getting to a million dollars. Like I'm going to credit one of my mentors, his name's Ryan, um, Ryan Moran. He teaches a very simple formula that just, this really resonated with me where you simplify that like a million dollar business, all that really is, is four products at a $30 price point selling 25 sales a day. Like the math on that, that's a million dollar business. Like if you have a product line of four products that cost 30 bucks each and each one sells 25 sales a day, you have a million dollar business. And when you break it down like that, that it's, it's not, it's not as daunting as it might otherwise seem. And I, I want to give a lot of credit to Ryan for that because that um, it's not like a revolutionary concept. It's kind of obvious when you step back and look at it. But sometimes like these these goals seem so big until you step back and be like, well, really, like, let's get product one to 25 sales a day. Can you do that? Yeah, I think I can do that. Once that's there consistently, consistently and we have that audience, we launch product number two a complementary product to that same audience. As that audience grows, you launch product number three and the snowball builds and it becomes easier uh, as time goes on. So it's, um, again, th this is not a not an easy business to build, but it is pretty simple uh, on how you go about how you go about doing it. And we, we live in such a cool time where like the access to the internet has made, like 20 years ago, this was not possible. It just wasn't. Um, you had to have million dollar marketing budgets and, and multi-million dollar marketing budgets and had to be big corporations. Now, like, you know, everyday people can, with work ethic and, and intelligence can, can build seven figure, eight figure brands. Um, it's really, really neat. Hmm. I, I like your approach on, you know, yes, we're talking about e-commerce, but every now and then you do talk about the current state of affairs in the world. I would say it, it kind of reflects that you have a deeper understanding as to, you know, the kind of technological era that we live in. Would you, would you like to expand on that? Like, what, what do you think is possible today, which was simply not possible, let's say, a decade ago? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know what else to add that I, I haven't said, but um, I mean, like social media, Facebook groups. Amazon's fulfillment services, like you don't need your own warehouse anymore. You don't need your own staff. Like you can outsource product fulfillment to other other companies. Like all of this stuff just didn't exist 20 years ago. Like you couldn't, with Facebook ads, for example, you couldn't get in front of a group of like-minded people. Like if you want to, I don't know, have a company for... Um, coffee lovers who are into mushrooms or something want mushroom infused coffee. It's like, now you can like, how would you find those people 20 years ago? You know, and now it's, it's as simple as, as running Facebook ads to certain interests. Um, and, and like, you know, I have a, a guy that I um, did some consulting work for a super sharp guy. Like he is creating a um, brand for, of products for, dads who become dads later in life, like first time dads that had their first kid at 40 years old or older. And it's like, it is easy for him to find an audience of those people just through Facebook ads that you would have been so much harder 20 years ago. Um, so being able to find the people, um, email marketing, social media marketing, Facebook groups, like launch products to those people, 
um, like getting graphic design and everything done, like Fiverr, you can, like, it, it's just, there are so many advantages that we have um, living in the time that we live in that just, you know, our parents and previous generations never had. It's, it's, it's crazy. And it's like, I mean, nothing's ever perfect or equal, but like, it's, this is as level of a playing field across like race, gender, age, et cetera, that there has ever been in human history as far as opportunity for financial success. And I think that's pretty neat. It's, it's literally, if you have enough money to smoke cigarettes and you have access to the internet, you can do it. Like not like that's it, you know? And then that's, that is shocking to a lot of people. And some people like just have this pushback, like that can't be true. But again, that, that in e-commerce entrepreneurship, that's true now. And that's, I think that's super cool that this opportunity is available to so many people. Um, and it's, it's, you know, who has the work ethic and who has the intelligence and, and all of that to, to make it happen. But it's the opportunities out there. Yeah. So uh, you coach a lot of people, uh, teaching them, you know, have you, have you built what you built? Do you find that it's so easy now, but people are not really aware about this, let's say, technologies or the ex- the kind of access we have? Do, do you find that a lot of people like that still? Yeah, I, I don't want to... I don't want to misrepresent anything. I don't, I don't think it's easy. It's certainly a lot easier. Um, it, it's still a lot of hard work. Um, so it, and you know, a lot of people will, will give up when it gets difficult. Like I, I don't know anyone, myself included, but I don't know anyone who built, you know, a million dollar plus business that didn't have some hard times in it. You know, like I, there problems come up. I don't want to, you know, make it sound like this is, easy it's it's not it's it's simple and if you are dedicated and consistent you can do it but it it is it is a big undertaking um but that being said like you can set yourself up for life in like three years if you do this right and invest the profits properly um i think that's worth i i think uh that's that's really a very big idea. What I just said right now, that you can set yourself up for in three years. Would you would you like to expand on that? Because it's it's pretty radical, I would say. Yeah, I, I mean, three years is just a rough thing. It's just what I what I did. Right? Two and a half years for me, really. But yeah, I mean, the, the point is like, if you built the business. And invest the profits wisely in cash flowing assets that are tax advantageous that um, you know appreciate over time. Like you can, you can build a business, sell it. Don't go be an idiot and buy a Lamborghini or like you know put it into you know wise investments and live off the cash flow of that. Like you can be done. Um, you don't have to work 40 or 50 years in a career in a cubicle or, or whatever. Um, so while building this kind of business is a lot of work, uh, and, and to be clear, like myself and everybody gets started while they're still working their day job. Like I'm, I'm not saying quit your job and start this tomorrow. I'm saying, you know, on your way to work, be listening to podcasts like this, be listening to training courses, like take an hour or two a day if you can. And, and build your side hustle that becomes your full-time career when it replaces your income. 
Um, I didn't pay myself a dime for my business until it was consistently doing 50,000 a month in sales. Not profit, not 50,000 a month in profit, 50,000 a month in sales. Then I gave myself a, a modest salary, was able to stop my work as a realtor and just focus full time on the business. And then, you know, got some, some pretty great growth after that. Um, but again, like taking on this risk and putting in this extra effort that other people aren't willing to do is what allows you to have a lifestyle that other people won't have. Um, so yeah, it, like you can set yourself up in, in a short period. Maybe it takes you, you know, the quickest I've ever seen this done is like a little over a year. Um, so that's super fast. I mean, my two and a half years is fast. But if, let's say, let's make that five years. Like if you can build a business from scratch, scale it to an amount where you can sell it for and, and quote unquote retire if you invest things wisely, exit and, and in four or five years or whatever, be done or have have the option of being done. To me, that's like a no brainer. That's just worth worth doing. Um, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm 36. I, God willing, I'm going to live a long time and I'm never going to have a boss. You know, like I'm, I'm done. Um, I, I still want to, I still want to be active. I still want to work a little bit here and there. And I, I like doing consulting because I get to, you know, be in the creative chair being like, okay, here's, here's how I did it. And here's how, here's, let's get you there too. Here's how, like, that's fun for me. And it brings in more money. And now my wife and I do real estate investing. We're doing a house flip right now. So it's not, I'm not like retired and doing nothing, but I, I have freedom now. And, and anybody who builds a business like this, if they don't blow the money, um, have that lifestyle. And I, just, I just think that's that's a motivation for, for doing it. Hmm. But I, I would say that, you know, uh, to have the vision that you want a certain lifestyle, I think, I, I don't think it's uh, that easy to understand. This. Does it make sense? Yeah. So, I mean, the thing that was so helpful for me is like, if this kind of idea sounds too big or is, is uh, oh, I, I don't know, there's some reason you think it wouldn't work. Like, I, I got into this listening to a bunch of podcasts of other people's success stories. And the first couple I heard was probably like, oh, wouldn't that be nice? They, they probably have some special advantage or this, that, or the other nonsense. Um, but like the more you see people, especially like a diverse background of people, like I, I listen to podcasts of, you know, Men, women, straight, gay, American, you know, overseas, like a diverse group of people all having success with this business model. It's like, wow, like you can do this. Like anybody can do this. So seeing other people's success as evidence that you can do it is, is the correct mindset. And that, that's a very kind of subtle thing, but it's, it's so vital to you being successful when you see other people it's it can't be jealousy it can't be envy it has to be awesome what clues can i learn from that that's proof i can do it too oh that girl did it what can i learn from her that's proof i can do it too and like when you get that mindset and you see enough other people being successful following roughly the same plan like you know there's something to it you know so um, yeah so did you also have let's say a group of two three people who are doing the same thing where you know you can just share notes with them learn from them, they learn from you. Yeah, one thing that was super helpful to me, and, and I'd, I'd highly recommend this for, for all your listeners, if you're building a business, is to like get a, for lack of a better term, like accountability partner or friend. Like um, I have a friend um, who we 
still to this day, we'll, we'll have a Wednesday morning Zoom call every Wednesday. Um, and we did that while we were building our businesses. And it forced us to um, stay on track. And we'd be like, all right, so hey, by the time we meet next Wednesday, what will you have accomplished? Like, make sure it's done. At one point, we even had started having like bets. It's like, okay, $100, you have to accomplish this by next week. And, and hopefully we, at the end of the week, we each got to keep our hundred dollars because we both accomplished what we wanted to do. But if one of us got lazy and didn't do it, we owed the other a hundred bucks. Um, so like having some sort of accountability, I think that is um, an underrated thing to do. Um, some people will think they don't need that because um, they, they're super disciplined, but I, I would, I don't think anybody's as disciplined as they think they are. Um, so I would highly recommend, you know, having that, um, and, and even, even if it's more than accountability, sharing ideas, um, creative brainstorming and, and masterminding, I think is, is huge. If you can get around, um, and there are, there are training courses and masterminds and, and you know, consulting and, and, and all of that, but it's, if you can also, in addition to that, have like an accountability partner who's at roughly the same level you are. So you can grow together. I think that's a, a powerful thing. Hmm. And uh, a lot of times, right, when you are trying to uh, build an e-commerce brand, a lot of people, I think, uh, including myself, I'm not really sure how you manage cash flows on a day-to-day -day basis. There is always a question, you know, as to how much you should spend on what. Okay, should I buy more inventory? Should I spend more on ads? Should I buy more on, let's say, getting a better logo for my brand? So. How how do you go about making those decisions on a on an operational level on a week to week basis? Okay, so the, this is a big question. That's a lot to unpack. I think the most helpful thing I can do for your audience in answering this is to say read the book Profit First by Mike Michalowicz, and there's also a uh, an additional book called that licensed by that author Profit First for e-commerce sellers. And I think that's even an online course as well, where it takes, because Profit First is, is a book that applies to all types of businesses. Profit First for e-commerce sellers shows how it works in our world, how you apply those principles for, for our world. Um, I, I would go as far as to say that is a, a vital book that you have to read if you are building an e-commerce business, because that, that answers everything you just asked. And it, it the gist of it is like it, a digital envelope system. So like, I don't know, if your grandparents would have like, oh, vacation fund, they'd put all the money in this little envelope or, oh, groceries, that money is in this envelope. It's kind of the same thing. Where like all your money comes in from your sales. You have all of these different bank accounts. So all the money comes into one bank account and then you have these routing rules that X percent is transferred to this inventory account. X percent is transferred to an operating expenses account. X percent, and it's a book called Profit First because this is what's supposed to happen first. X percent is transferred to a profit holding account where you pay yourself first. Um, so it, it forces you to be profitable and make really wise decisions about the finances of, of your business. So I, I would highly recommend at any stage, either either before you start your brand or if you're in it right now, read and apply the principles of profit first. I see. And uh, did you did you find it uh, difficult in the beginning to understand all of it because I think what starts happening, right, when the business is rolling, 
it's very difficult to really prioritize okay should i go and study for should i you know deliver this product for like how do you go about for example time management as to how much you should be operating in the business and how much you should be let's say trying to educate yourself at the same time yeah um are you familiar with like the 8020 principle basic um like 20% of the results or, or 80% of the results come from 20% of the activities um for any of your listeners that aren't like that that's the simplest answer to your question there is to apply that like see what is bringing in because there, there's shiny object syndrome like crazy there's always something new you could be trying like you'll always hear of somebody else having huge success with this new thing um focus on the 80-20 principle uh really kind of manage your time i, I think there, there's an app called the five minute journal there's also a physical journal that you can just buy I think that's vital. Um, start your day with with you know, has you write down your three priorities. Um, there's there's another book called The One Thing by Gary Keller um, that's worth reading as well. But I mean, I can summarize the whole book in in this next statement. Still read the book, but the idea is what is the one thing that you can do first that will make everything else that you have to do either easier to do or altogether unnecessary. If you accomplish this one thing first, and when you filter your to-do list through that lens, your to-do list is a lot smaller than what you actually think it is because you're focusing on profit-driving activities. Um, so those are two book recommendations that I would have for your audience: is profit first and the one thing. I know those will answer those two questions. And so I would like to uh, shift uh, the conversation to post selling your business i think you talk about investing the money so you don't have to really you know work for a long time or the rest of your life how how do you strategize investing the money and building a portfolio that can really sustain you for a long period of time like how how do you do that yeah um well i've got a i've got a preface i am not a tax advisor and, and don't take this as tax advice or, or anything like that um this is just what I did, and and this will change over time. Um, we're recording this in, in 2022. Um, tax laws will be different in a couple of years, um, but at the time of my sale and, and right now, there's what's called uh, real estate bonus depreciation. So if you buy cash flowing real estate, you can get what's called a cost segregation study done that allows you to write off approximately 30 percent of the cost of the property of the real estate uh, year one, even if it's financed. So if you put just simple numbers, if you bought a $100,000 investment property with 20% down, 20 grand, you could get $30,000, 30%. That is a, um, it's not really a tax write-off, a tax deferral. Um, if you or your non-working spouse is a real estate professional, so this gets into so many things. Again, I'm not a tax expert. I'm just showing you how I save, you know, lots of money on taxes. Um, Tom Wheelwright is a, a tax professional that has training on this that I'd highly recommend everybody everybody look at. Um, mobile home parks are kind of a, a golden thing because most um, mobile home parks have advanced bonus depreciation that allows you to 
deduct even more than 30%, um, sometimes closer to 50%. Again, even if you put down 20%. Um, so you, you can, through real estate investing, um, save a lot on taxes when you exit, at least as of 2022. Um, and you know, set yourself up for, for cash flow positive investments that also are going to grow over time. Um, and, you know, the advantages of real estate are your tenants are paying off the mortgage and, and all of that. So I, w- I would like to, I would say, end by saying that after a lot of difficulty, technical difficulties, we were just praising the internet and we were praising the technology and this amazing world that we live in. And <laughs> we did say it's not always easy sometimes. <laughs> things come up and sometimes those things are technology yeah so. yeah I, I i found the whole incident very ironic and i'm really glad and very grateful that you know we, you you actually stayed so thank thank you for that sure yeah so i i think uh i would like to discuss about how your life is now and if in the future we get a uh, opportunity to talk again in more details about the you know the nitty-gritties of the business we can do that but I would say we can end by talking about what's up with you right now about your coaching business. If somebody wants to, let's say, take your help or uh, take your guidance or hire you for coaching, how they can, how can they do that? And, sure. and, and other things. Yeah. Um, sure. Uh, yeah. I, I, I have to mention that I'm still under NDA and non-compete with my pet supplies company until um, July 2nd of 2022. Mm-hmm. So I, I get people, I mean, I, I do coaching consulting for all, all types of e-commerce brands. Like I mentioned, I was consulting for a guy with a, a parenting brand and, and all of this stuff, but I get a lot of people reaching out to me about wanting help with a pet supplies brand. Uh, I'd love to help you. I can help in July. I can't help until yeah. then. So I, I apologize in advance. I don't know when this is going to air. Maybe it's not going to air until closer to the summer anyway, but I just, I, I cannot consult for pet supply companies until July 2nd. Um, so that I need to throw that out there, but yeah, now I mean, since the sale, I've just gotten into um, investing and, and um, mostly real estate investing. And then I do consulting. I, I do um, group coaching for capitalism.com um, as well as uh, my individual uh, clients um, for one-on-one consulting. And those are ideally people that already have a six-figure business that need help you know, pulling the right levers to scale till seven. Although I, I have consulted for people just at the beginning stage as well. Um, if they want to just, you know, really put this on steroids and build on the, on the right foundation, um, you know, I can help with that just with, with my experience. So, yeah, that's, that's what I'm up to now. Um, mm-hmm. the, the dogs are, are still good. They, uh, they're not in as many photo shoots as they used to be when I was running the pet supplies company, but yeah. um, they're, they're doing well. And, and who knows, they may be the inspiration for something else down the road. I see. I would say uh, your story is very beautiful and uh, the idea that now you're trying to help others do the same. I'm I'm sure a lot of people will uh, still think that, you know, it's not for me, that I cannot do it. And uh, I I think uh, the hope that I have uh, for those of those of us who are trying to learn from is that we are able to get out of our limited mindset because the first time when I read your story, I'll be very open about it. I I still think I I might not be able to pull it off. That's that's uh, yeah yeah. That's the first thought. I mean, that was probably yeah. my first thought when I heard someone else's success story for the first time. 
yeah. That's what I said. Yeah. There's that mindset mindset shift of like, other, you, you have to see other people's success as proof of your future success or the, mm-hmm. the potential of your future for success. And when you mm-hmm. make that mindset shift, it's like the whole world opens up. I see. Do, do you have any advice on how to go about that? Um, I mean, it really, it's just hearing more and more success stories from a diverse group of people and seeing like, seeing uh, unremarkable people have massive success and just saying like, hey, if they can do it, why can't I? Um, and I don't mean unremarkable as in like, you know, not, not, not in a negative way, just people that are just normal people. Like I, I remember hearing success stories from like a, a grandmother who used to like, you know, just spend her time knitting and all of that and then made like a million dollar brand. And, you know, a young guy like me and, and everything in between. Um, yeah. So just internalizing the success stories in this business model of different people um, just kind of proves that it can be done by almost anybody. Uh, it just comes down to being willing to fully commit time and effort. Again, it is not easy. It does take a lot of work, um, but it, it can be done. Um, you know, like, again, I, I started with a small amount of money. Um, you know, you, if you have the funds to hire a, a coach or consultant, um, that can help jumpstart your success. But like, I, I'm not on this call to say like, you need someone like me to be successful. You don't, you can do this yourself. Um, someone like me, um, with the experience I have can, can certainly help speed that up. But, um, if you don't have the money to hire a coach consultant and barely have enough to start your business, you can still do it. Um, you know, watch podcasts, listen to training, like on your way to work there and back, have a podcast that you're listening to, like internalize the success stories of other people and the tips and tricks that other people are using. Um, let that kind of build up in time. Like instead of binging a Netflix show one night, like binge business podcasts, like set yourself up for success. Um, I'd say all of those things. Um, you know, if you are someone that has extra funding and, and you know, wants help um, and wants to hire a consultant, like you can reach out to me. I don't have some fancy website or anything, but just find me on Facebook or LinkedIn, just Chad McGilsey. Um, the spelling my name will be in this podcast thing. Um, you know, I, I only work with like a select group of people as I'm, I'm not looking for a full-time job, you know, so I'm not trying to work with a hundred clients. Um, yeah. But uh yeah, again, I, I just want to, I want my message to be that like, you can do this. Um, maybe easier for some people than others. But if you're, if you're listening to this podcast or watching this video, like, you can do this. Like, you, you know, you've shown enough initiative where you're listening to business podcasts, you obviously have access to the internet. Uh, yeah. You know, maybe not today, but six months from now, a year from now, you can have the knowledge and, and you can do this. So I just, I want to put that positivity out into the world. Um, Cause I, I, it's not just like mindless positivity. Like it's true. It, it's yeah. actionable. It's true. Um, read those books I mentioned. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I'd, I'd like to encourage entrepreneurship out there. And you know, one thing we didn't talk about on this podcast that I, I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, like um, a big part of the success of my brand 
was we built a community that um, did a lot for charity, um, specifically pets with cancer. I'm really big on the idea of, I think you can and should get rich and make the world a better place at the same time. Those are mm -hmm. not mutually exclusive. Um, we would donate a, a portion of, whenever our customers would send in a photo of themselves and a, one of our products, we'd donate a portion of that sale to an individual pet with cancer. And our, I, our goal was to fund the cancer treatments of all of these dogs that their parents couldn't afford it. Um, and that did a lot of, like we donated tens of thousands of dollars. And that did a lot of like real world good in the world, but it also brought so much um, goodwill towards my brand and people leaving us positive reviews, sharing with their friends. Um, and I, I just, I wanna encourage that kind of thing with, with any brand. Like there's always a specific charity and not, not just like we give to charity because nobody cares because it's not personal, but a specific thing. Like if you have a, a parenting brand and you are funding the adoption of specific children, like that's powerful. That's completely different than just, we donate to adoption charities, not the same thing. So like, I, I really think like when building your brand, like give back, be authentic about it. Um, but it will also help you. It's, it's in your self-interest as well. And that's not, those are not counter things. You can and should become wealthy and make the world better and help other people all at the same time. So mm -hmm. I, I, I want to, I want to encourage that kind of, um, that kind of business ownership mm -hmm. and, um, you know, that, that kind of uh, mindset among business owners out there. I, I think that's good for the business owner. I think it's good for the world. And, and I just, I'd like to see more of it. And I like to encourage that with my clients. Uh, it was, it was great talking to you, Chad. It was great talking and, to you as well. Yep. I, I had fun uh, regardless of what uh, happened and how technology did not support us today. I, I had a lot <laughs> of fun talking to you. You too. Yeah, yeah. Have a nice one and I'll I'll see you for the next episode. All right. See you later.